baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Uh, good morning to you. Welcome into the Mark Cox Morning Show. It is a Tuesday morning. It is the 23rd day of January, if you can believe that. And we are very happy this morning to just be dealing with rain. Uh, temperatures are up. Can you imagine, Carl Middleman, if all of this rain had moved through and it was still 28 degrees outside? I cannot. I think we'd have a mess on our hands. I think Kim would not be here. I think you're right. This is true. <laughs> this is, uh, we're glad you're back, by the way. Thank you. Honestly, it was it was great being home, but I would definitely choose to be in the studio. Well, it's just better being with you guys here in person. Well, thank you. We Aww. feel the same way. But uh, just I'm just mentioning that we're glad that the temperatures are nice and warm out there. If all this moisture had moved through and... We'd had a little bit colder weather. We might have had a big old snowstorm on our hands, and we'd have been in storm mode. So we're happy. It's just rain. Hopefully your your commute in will be an easy one this morning. Sue Thomas will have the latest on that for you coming up. we got Todd Pyro, host of Fox & Friends First, uh, straight ahead. Uh, we'll talk to him about what's going on in New Hampshire today. And Mark Walters at the bottom of the hour. I've got some some new numbers on how many of you in the great state of Illinois, the People's Republic over there, have actually gone and registered your weapons because of the Illinois Protection Act uh, that was required as of January 1st. I've got some new numbers out this morning. We'll talk to Mark Walters about that at about 735. So stay tuned. Uh, right now, I want to get to our shortlist. The Mark Cox Shortlist. What a bunch of malarkey. We know the value of voting Democratic when our votes count. It's important that you save your vote for the November election. A fake robocall making its way around New Hampshire this morning is uh, causing a lot of consternation on the part of uh, Democrats up there. They're worried that uh, too many Democrats won't go out and vote independent for Nikki Haley. The political class has never thought I should be here. In South Carolina, in Congress, at the U.N., no one has ever thought I should be here. And that's exactly why I should be here. All right, Nikki Haley, uh, still talking a good game uh, until the results are in later this evening in New Hampshire, where I think she's going to come in a fairly distant second. Our thought is that if Haley doesn't get within four or five to get very close, that she's just not viable anymore. That's uh, Robert Cahaley. He's with the Trafalgar Group. They take a lot of polls, of course, and uh, they are convinced that Nikki Haley is not going to be a viable candidate if this one is not close. Not in light of it because it is a very dangerous situation. I mean, you have you have that truck sliding uncontrollably, but I, I will tell you that a lot of a lot of the outcome is directly due to the the abilities of that driver to remain calm and make quick decisions. And yeah, how about that? Uh, that is the chief down there in the Rock Community Fire Protection District talking about the the video that has gone viral of that fire truck. I saw this yesterday, and I must have played it at least 15 times. <laughs> yeah, listen to the woman cuss. Uh, oh, crap. I'll clean that one up for her. Oh, crap. I mean, she it, says it over was, and over again. It was spinning fast. Um, yeah, I, 
you but know, she didn't I, drop her cigarette. At she, least. Well, the we, we don't know if the one with the camera was smoking or not. The lady in front of her clearly was outside for a smoke break when all this went down. Uh, but to watch that, and then I watched it on the network news last night. I was at the gym, and I looked up, and uh, CBS Evening News had video of of the truck careening down the down the street. Mm-hmm. And then there, then I saw a separate angle from further up the street. Because the lady in the first video didn't move out of in, in front of the porch fast enough for you to see it hit the car. In the second video, from the second angle, you could actually see uh, what happened there. And yep. they're fortunate they didn't hit, hit a house. I know. Or a I person. Know. I couldn't believe no one was hurt <clears throat> in all of this. And apparently a, a truck, right after the fire truck slid down the road there in Imperial, another truck not a fire truck, but just a truck slid down that same street. So it, that street clearly just must have been a, a total skating rink. Just a just a complete mess. Uh, Mark Rudin got the fire chief on there from the Rock Community Fire Protection District yesterday, uh, Kevin uh, Wingermuley, and he was talking about uh, how this whole thing uh, went down. Listen to this. The fire chief from Rock Community, Ken. Wingbermuley. So explain what happened this morning. The truck itself has a gross vehicle weight rating over 56,000 pounds. And uh, essentially, when you see the video and talking with the the folks involved, that truck actually broke loose as a crest of the hill, which is, in my estimation, four to 500 feet earlier. They had not much time, but they had a little bit of time to react. And I know that the operator, you know, downshifted. We have automatic chains on our trucks that help with traction. Those were down. And his ultimate goal, quite honestly, was to prevent any further injury. And, right. and I think when you watch that video, you see uh, a tree go by. He was actually aiming for that tree and putting themselves at even greater risk to try to prevent any further damage or injury to others. Unfortunately, he missed that tree. And when the front end grabbed and swung the back end around, they were just kind of along for the ride at that point. And, and very fortunate that that truck ended up where it did and no one else was injured. No kidding. Yeah. It looked like a perfect three-point landing from the original video. It looked like, it looked like in the original video that he did what he did on purpose. He went up into that yard. Truck spins around. Now he did hit a car, one mm-hmm. car. Yep. And then it looked like it came to rest in a perfectly in a driveway at the end of the street. But then when you see the other angle, you realize that it actually rolled up in the yard on the other side of the house. But still avoided hitting the house. But from the initial angle that you're talking about, where it looked like it perfectly landed in the driveway, if I were judging that for an Olympic sport, I'd give that landing a 10. Yeah, no C- kidding. Compared to what it could have been after yeah. spinning how many times? Looked like something out of a out of a movie, uh, the way it ended up happening. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that was frightening for them. Imagine having something that big out of control. Oh, my gosh, just, yeah. It was, what, probably two or three of them in there at the time, I would guess? I would guess, guess mm-hmm. at least three, if not four. And people. ironically, they were supposedly responding to a crash. Mm-hmm. That's why well, they were there. I, th- I thought you'd enjoy hearing from the chief there on how that went down. And, uh, you know, shout out to the first responders there in the Rock Community Fire Protection District for, for getting it done yesterday and making the network news and not injuring anybody. And they didn't get injured. So all in all, that was uh, disaster averted down there. And, and a lot of other people did get their cars crunched up yesterday because I saw some evidence of it as I was uh, driving home. Fortunately, none of that today. We don't have to deal with it. And that is a uh, that's a really good thing. Coming up, we're going to talk to Todd Pyro, host of Fox and Friends First. Of course, among many other things, he's been covering what's going on up in New Hampshire. Uh, that, uh, we'll talk about some of the polling that's coming out of there and uh, maybe who some of the odds favorites are, odds on favorites are, if you're a betting person, for who Donald Trump is looking at at the top of his list 
for vice president. We'll kick that around with Todd when we come back. Stay tuned. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. I'm not going to get into any conversations with President Trump, but I've said for over a year I'd be honored to serve in his administration in any capacity. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready. It is the man, the myth, the one and only Mr. Todd Pyro. Battlehawk. And the newest Battlehawks fan. Battlehawk. Can we add that? Do your Battlehawk cry. I want, I, want, I want something that just says, I think you guys actually have it. But I like mine. Battlehawk. I think you already have that. You have that drop. Do we just play that over and over before we introduce you, Todd? Yeah. Yes. You you you, you do Tina, and then you do <laughs> Battlehawk. Cacaw. We're, we're, oh, we, you like you guys really like the cacaw? Is that the official thing? As the number one fan, I should probably know this. I, I guess it, it's what they're doing these days, right, Carl? Ah, uh, there you go. They yell cacaw. They yell cacaw. Okay, that, that, that's good to know. Maybe that explains my uh, lack of fandom. Why I have not received a package <laughs> from the Battlehawks at my offices. Remember. For those of you listening out there, if you're part of the team, make sure you mark it personal and confidential. Oh, okay. Because oftentimes if it's not marked like that, uh, they have a tendency to disappear. My <laughs> yeah, buddy like no, the... no, my, my buddy wrote a book and uh, sent me a bunch of books to hand out. Those books are gone. They never made it to you. Still waiting. Wow. Yeah. Is, it... is your co-anchor Carly Shimka stealing from you? <laughs> oh, no, it's not Carly. No, no, no. Carly has so much junk in her office, she wouldn't know where to put it. Uh, trust me. She, I'm the very organized and anal is the word person. Like, if you go to my office, Mark, you've been here, but it's changed yes. since you've been here. Okay. Like, it is streamlined. You got to go. You got to do something different? No, not at all. Oh, you said okay. I thought you were done with me. Um, <laughs> That's the whole so thing. Let's go. Um, so it's completely streamlined now, and you'd love it. Carly's office it looks like a, a, a Costco where a bunch of like people went through and just threw things on the ground. You used to share an office, didn't you, with her? With a- Adam Klotz. No, I yes. never shared an office because yeah. we, ch- we change in these offices. Okay. All right. So it would All be right. weird if I shared one with a woman. We're going to need picture evidence of <laughs> At these At least your offices. wife might think that was a little weird. She it? would be a problem. Yeah. HR, everybody would be all over it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I shared an office with Klotz. We had a lot of good time. He young buck. He always working out. I, I I gained 35 pounds while we were in that office, so it's embarrassing. Yeah. Well, good. Hey, you know, I know. Obviously, you guys have been covering what's going on up in New Hampshire. I I got a email this morning, and sometimes I ignore these things, but this is an email from some uh, oddscheckerglobalmedia.com. There you which go. I've never heard of before. Sure. They are running the odds on who's most likely to be Donald Trump's number two, his VP pick. If if uh, he gets the nomination here, which appears, okay, who do they got? Which appears likely, and 
the leading candidate is Elise Stefanik. I ran her sound wow. coming into the end of the segment. She's running number one, uh, pretty, I, I don't know, fairly close. U.S. odds plus 400 on Stefanik, plus 550 on Gnome, plus 600 on Vivek Ramaswamy. So those are the top three. You want to know why those are the top three? <clears throat> why is that? I think they're banking on Trump just picking somebody that he likes. Um, and he likes all three of them a lot. I don't think he likes Ron DeSantis that much anymore. I don't think he likes Nikki Haley, even though I think the the best choice to get the most people under the tent. I know a lot of people disagree with this, but there are also a lot of people who agree with this is Nikki Haley. Um, but if he just wants to have somebody he likes, which I don't think he did last time with Pence, I, I don't think they ever were like buddy, buddy. I, I think that explains those odds and why the odds makers are leaning toward those kinds of people. Yeah, uh, th that's my guess. Pence was a very calm pick for him, right? Like a yeah. sort of a counterbalance. Yeah, a counterbalance. But I think if, if if you listen to how the campaign was run last time, it was a combination of Trump just doing what he wanted to do, but listening to a bunch of different forces because he hadn't done this before. Yes. I think this campaign is him, yes, doing a lot of what he wants to do, but there is a, a machine behind him now and a machine that kind of knows what it's doing. And the proof has been in the pudding so far. They have run an elaborate campaign so far from soup to nuts. Will that continue in the general, assuming that he is selected? We will see. But if all indications, all indications are that it will. So expect that pick to be much different than the Pence pick, which was forced upon him, and he ultimately went with it. Yes, they're going to pick somebody, but they, the, the power brokers in the Republican Party, are going to pick somebody that serves their interests, but also is somebody that Trump will get along with and like. Mark my words. I definitely agree with you. I think if they're trying to get the most voters on board with Trump, I think Nikki Haley is the choice. I don't agree with that because I'm not a Nikki fan, but I, I would agree with that analysis, that thought. Yeah, she's we'll fifth. See. She's fifth in the odds makers picks here. It's Stefanik, Noam, Ramaswamy, Ben Carson, then Nikki Haley, and Tim Scott is below Nikki Haley. I figured if, if you'd ask me in a blind test— I would have picked him as first or second on this list. Me too. I agree. And and look, again, that kind of destroys my my, my narrative here. I'm, I, I think the problem with Tim Scott, he checks one box, but he doesn't check the woman box. Interesting. And I, I, I think what, what, what fascinates me, if you get somebody like a Byron Donalds out there on the campaign trail, you get somebody like a Tim Scott, you could get the black vote. But we also need to remember, there are a lot more undecided women voters than there are undecided black voters. That's a good point. And Trump mm -hmm. needs to get the woman who's scared that I'm not a fan of abortion, but I don't want I don't want the government in my body. OK, Trump needs to win that person back from 2022. He also needs to win the woman back that he, he lost in the suburbs in 2020. And a woman has a better chance of doing that than a black man. Hmm. Uh, and so I, I wonder, uh, you know, obviously the ideal would be a black woman, but I don't know if a Winsome Sears is, is enough of a name at this point. I love Winsome. I've interviewed her a bunch. I think she's amazing. But does the, the undecided voter in Arizona, which is a swing state, know Winsome Sears? I, I don't think she's I don't think she could be his pick. Could she? Isn't she? Uh, she wasn't she born in the country. She's an immigrant. There you go. She? Well, there yeah, you go. I don't, well, that, that, 
I don't think she's an option. I could be wrong about that, but something in the back of my head tells me that uh, she's not an option. But I agree with you. I, I think there's a couple of uh, strategic picks there. We'll find out what they do. Uh, what to, I, I would assume by t- obviously late tonight, maybe seven, eight o'clock, they're going to call a winner in New Hampshire. So uh, we'll be watching tomorrow morning. So if people can't watch, they need to DVR it, right, Todd? <laughs> Yes. Uh, thank you, Mark Cox. By the way, I did another radio show where this pitch was in, and I totally missed the bait like five times. I was like, why is this guy continuing to talk to me about, like, if you miss the show, if you miss the show? And then finally I was like, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Mark Cox, if you miss the show, you can DVR. You know, I understand if maybe in the, uh, the, the if you want uh, real-time election results, Maybe DVRing tomorrow isn't the way to go, uh, but if you want amazing analysis, then DVR tomorrow. That's a great idea. Fox and and every first. day going forward. <laughs> and if I was any indication, you know, we'll have the results of the New Hampshire primary in about 20 minutes. So we'll, right. uh, we'll see. It's, it's a great point. All right, Todd. Have a great day, buddy. Thank you. You too. You All too. Right, we'll see you now. Thank you. Yeah, they're like, hey, Todd wants you to remind people to DVR the show if you can't watch it. So I did my job there and <laughs> brought it up. Todd would have forgotten, I think. That's funny. Straight ahead, Mark Walters. We're going to check in with him. 2A Tuesday. How many people have now registered their scary black rifles in the state of Illinois? We'll find out coming up. A couple people have talked to me and said that they are going to do it. Some people have told me they're not going to comply. Well, don't miss the headline here. You can't buy an assault weapon or a high-capacity magazine in Illinois today. If you ban them in the future, the bullets will have been shot and there won't be any more available. So you don't shoot deer with a bullet that size. If you do, you could cook it at the same time. Put that double barrel shotgun and fire two blasts outside the house. That is without a doubt the dumbest thing I've ever heard. This is 2A Tuesday, brought to you by the Range St. Louis West. So uh, that was J.B. Pritzker there bragging... Uh, that he doesn't care how many weapons are registered in the state of Illinois, really. What he really cares about is that he has infringed your Second Amendment rights. We got Mark Walters on the phone, host of Armed American Radio uh, and uh, Armed American Radio's Daily Defense with Mark Walters. Great to have you on here, my friend. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, yeah, good to be here from Las Vegas, where we're out here for the Shooting, Hunting, and Outdoor Trade Show, which kicks off today. Yeah, the SHOT Show, right? That, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, what what a that, that's like going to an NRA convention or something. You're surrounded by lots of great Americans. On hundreds of thousands of milligrams of steroids more. Bigger, <laughs> better, yeah. better. I'll bet. I want to yeah. ask you. I want to ask you more about that in just a minute. First, I want to yeah. talk about these Illinois numbers. They just yeah. released new numbers uh, on the number of people who have gone and registered their firearms as required under the you know the, the, this this Illinois Protect Illinois Act or whatever they've passed over there that we're challenging in court. Here are the numbers this morning. Uh, they have a total of 35,224 people have gone and registered a total of 80,153 firearms for a total of 0.0146% uh, yeah. in the state of Illinois. That's of, of people who have um, FOID cards in Illinois. That's the percentage of people who've registered their scary black rifles. Yeah, and there's there's a bigger story here, too, and you touched on it, and that's what Pritzker said. Let me make this point clear. You cannot buy. Well, let me tell you what I can do, Pritzker. I can go to Indiana and buy one. 
I can come home and bring it home. I can bring something across my border. I'm a free man, and you can't stop me. Yeah. Okay. Now, here's the, because what happened, the reason he said that is because Pritzker got female dog slapped by people who didn't pay attention to his new law. And he didn't like that, did he? No, he didn't. So he has to double down. But there's an even bigger picture, Mark. And that is, and I, and I think you and I have discussed this before. I've said this for many, many years. If they continue to push this agenda, then good, hardworking, decent, law-abiding American citizens are going to be forced to have to make decisions that they never thought they would have to make before in their lives as Americans ever. And Illinois residents are now in that position. They're having to face this decision. Do I get on a knee or do I act as a free man or woman? Do I register my property that I purchase legally or do I not comply? And those are terrible decisions that Americans have to make. And this is what the Democrats lead us to. So when you combine all three of these things, that how few people actually registered, what Pritzker's real goal is, because he stated it, and the position it's put citizens in, this is a recipe for disaster. If you look at this at a macro level, all 50 states at the federal level. Think about that. Yeah, it, it's really scary what, what's going on over there. Uh, the, the Supreme Court, you know, our Supreme Court, disgusted me again yesterday by not allowing uh, Texas to protect its borders. And Amy Coney Barrett and John Roberts sided with the Democrats on that. So as confident as as I am that that some Second Amendment common sense is going to come down from the Supreme Court at some point, I lose that confidence on occasion. Well, keep in mind, the Supreme Court is getting ready to take an assault weapons ban case. And as we've discussed before, it's likely going to be the Fourth Circuit case out of Maryland. That's going to hit the court first. Wow. Yeah. That's so, it. yeah, when you see what they just did, what Coney Barrett and John Roberts did, now their track record has been solid on two-way issues. I find it hard to believe that, that Roberts would backtrack after his decisions, you know, dating back to, you know, to the McDonald decision, Heller decision, and, and, uh, and the Bruin decision. I find it hard to believe that he would do that. But you never know what this guy's capable of doing. Yeah. And Coney Barrett, really? <clears throat> it's going to be a few years before we get some really good tests in there with her. It's true. Uh, Mark Walters, my guest right now, and I'm assuming, I mean, you're in a target-rich environment out there, if you'll excuse the pun. I'm assuming you're doing <laughs> yeah. the show from out there this week, right? Uh, no, I'm actually not. For no? the first time okay. in over a decade, I'm not going to be broadcasting, believe it or not. I'm actually going to I'm going to be out here walking the floor, talking to people and doing some networking, and I've got a, a great uh, guest host sitting in for me this week while I'm able to do that. I've never been able to do that out here for all of these years. You know, I've been going to SHOT Show since 2000. What year is it? 24? Good yeah. heavens. Wow. That's a long time. That's a long time. You know, we had we had a guest on our Second Amendment radio on the Great Outdoors show that airs on the weekends the other day, and he runs a local gun store, and he he's raising a few concerns over uh, the components necessary for ammunition. He says that that uh, because of what's going on in Europe and and of Ukraine and now now in Israel, there's going to be a little bit of a shortage and some pressure put on those components for ammo. Uh, What are you hearing about that? Well, I can give you a personal experience. I had a title sponsor that was an ammo manufacturer that uh, back in August bailed because he could no longer get components to produce the ammo to keep up with what we were providing him as far as customers. Wow. So there's a, there's, that is, that's always been a fear in this industry because, well, you know, ammos, the, the Democrats, I mean, they're crazy. They'll go out and put out bills like they did in uh, Duval County in Florida where they're going to make you take a mental test to purchase ammunition, right? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, there's always pressure on ammunition 
the, the Democrats are always trying to fight. Well, you guns are no good without bullets. We don't have time to go into that whole conversation right now. But yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a concern. And I'll find out more about that while I'm out here. I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on the new Daniel Defense H9 pistol. Daniel Defense has made their first pistol which I can't wait to get my hands on out here. It's beautiful. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. Well, I'm, I'm sure it's an exciting time. Plus, it's in Las Vegas, so you got all that distraction in the background, right? Yeah, that's always trouble. <laughs> that That is that is all. My wife hates that place, and I'd go back there every weekend if they let me. See, I'm, i gotta, I got to side with your wife on that. <laughs> every time I leave Vegas and get back on my flight after this, this, this trade show – the first thing that comes out of my mouth is 358 days, and i got to do this all over again. <laughs> oh, no. So I, I, I do have this question because I haven't been there since they legalized marijuana out there. Is it true that every hotel, every casino, every place smells like pot now in Vegas? If you walk in the streets, that's absolutely true. I didn't smell it in the casino. I'm at the Palazzo right now, and I didn't. But yesterday on the streets when we were moving to certain venues, it's everywhere. Yeah, I figured I, that that's can't what be I a good thing. Say. No, that, that it's probably a good thing for the casino operators because people are stoned right. and losing money. Uh, on See top California of for yeah. that. See California and Oregon for that. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Mark Walters, have fun, my friend. I'm jealous. I love you, man. Thanks, yeah. Mark, for everything. Take care of yourself. We appreciate that. Mark Walters, host of Armed American Radio, although he won't be hosting it this week because he's walking uh, the floor at SHOT Show out in Vegas. So you're saying you would go to Vegas every weekend? Oh, I would go more often than I'd been. I, that was probably a, a gross exaggeration. I, I just, I, the place is fascinating to me. I, so, I don't gamble all that. I like to play poker, but I'm not somebody who's going to go get in the World Series of Poker or something like that, but it's just, it's a fascinating place. I've heard that if you go there, you want to schedule it for like three days max, because yeah. after that, you're like, I'm ready to leave and, and take a shower. You've, you've probably run out of things to do at that point, or you've lost all your money, one of the two. I've never been. <laughs> I don't like gambling. If I lost more than 20 bucks, I'd probably get upset. Vegas would not, not be thing. for you. Everything's no. bigger than life, uh, but once you've seen the fountain there, you, you probably... And and the the sphere is that what they call it the sphere? Yes. I wouldn't mind seeing a concert in the sphere. I guess, depending on who the band was. But anyway, all right. Coming up, uh, we are going to check in with the RNC. Uh, we were going to check in with Madison uh, Jezioto Gilbert. We find out she's in labor this morning, so she will not be joining us at uh, eight twenty. But uh, one of her uh, coworkers there at the RNC is going to. Jump on with us, and we're going to find. I'm going to find out. Do they, is the party still treating this like a two two person race? Because it's not looking like that from the outside at all. Uh, we're going to get to that about eight twenty. We'll be right back. What a great song! Did you play that for Vegas, there, Carl? And it was recorded on this day in 1969. Wow. <clears throat> One of my daughter loves Elvis. He said, you know he would be your grandmother's age if he was still alive. I know, but he's just such a beautiful human being. She just she loves him. Uh, anyway, I, I speak to you here all the time about media malpractice, right? And Kim, the inability. So, so as a journalist. One thing I used to do was keep track. I tried to keep track of stories that required a follow-up. I kept a file on my desk. And and I, if I'm looking, uh, I would set triggers on my computer uh, a calendar to go back and check on the outcomes of certain stories that might need a follow-up. The mainstream media in this country now intentionally doesn't know that 
if their original story fit the narrative they wanted it to fit, and any follow-up might blow that up. They do it on purpose, and here, here's the living proof of that. Remember the big story that happened back uh, in, I believe it was November? Was it November? When the three uh, Palestinian, Arab uh, Palestinian students were walking down a street in Burlington, Vermont, and they were shot. And all of the headlines in the country screamed uh, Islamophobic uh, crime. The vice president of the United States bemoaned far too many people live in a fear they could be targeted and attacked for their beliefs or who they are. The, the president issued a statement saying there's no place for violence or hate in America. The three Muslim men identified as Palestinians. Two of them were wearing keffias and uh, Kamala, like others, implied the shooter was anti-Palestine, anti-Palestinian, except the truth of the matter is that's not who the guy was at all. And there has been zero follow-up in the mainstream media other than by a journalist named Daniel Greenfield. Uh, Daniel Greenfield is the only one who bothered to go back and realize that uh, uh, several things about this story were wrong. The the anti-Arab, anti-discrimination uh, committee came out and claimed the man shouted at these three people and harassed them, then proceeded to shoot them. We have reason to believe this shooting occurred because the victims are Arab. In reality, they had been shot by a local resident outside of his house who did not say a word. James Eaton shot the three men. He's now recognized as a local resident with a history of mental instability. Uh, he is described as that hippie guy and a progressive and an organic farmer who had posted a meme with the definition of America, spelled with a K, that called it the worst uh, sense of the United States, imperialism, corruption, global exportation of American culture. He was a Biden supporter, and he supported Hamas. So nothing about this story fits the the narrative that they floated out there the day that it happened. And uh, Reardon had the Greenfeld, the, the reporter, on yesterday, and I thought people needed needed to hear this. Eaton is not Jewish. Uh, they did this with another attack where the there was a Chicago landlord who got into dispute again, not Jewish, and they're spreading a particular narrative that benefits them and that distracts attention from what's actually going on, which is that there is a rash of attacks on Jews. There's a general attack, a rash of attacks by Hamas supporters on Americans. You know, we've seen the shutdown of highways, bridges, airports by these people. Uh, we've seen riots and violent assaults. And stories like this are meant to kind of flip the narrative uh, to evade what's actually going on. And by the way, there is a rash of violent crime in Burlington, Vermont. Much of it is actually caused by um, some of the Muslim immigrants who are living there. Thank you, Daniel Greenfield. Where are you, NBC, CBS, the others who reported this as a case of Islamophobia? The guy was pro-Hamas who shot the three Palestinians. Go, go, go figure. Where else are you hearing that information? Can I ask that question? Nowhere. We're going to be back in just a minute. Get more at 971talk.com. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.